Um, but we know for sure that 4% of the women currently have breast implants. And um, I'm not saying this with judgment uh, and, and shame because I had that, I know what that feels like. And the reason that I got breast implants 10 years ago was because I was ashamed of myself. And I, I wanted my body to look like the magazines and we're all blindly culturally led into this stigma that says you have to have breast, you know, large breasts like Marilyn Monroe. And then it was Pamela Anderson and, you know, Jessica Rabbit, and all of these, these fictitious or non-fictitious, but wearing fictitious boobs. Um, we have to look this way in order to attain power. And that is an agenda of the ego. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way. And each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and I can't wait to talk to today's guest. She is a former pro soccer player, a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner, and a holistic health coach. She is the creator of CHI program and podcast and was named a top nutritionist in California. Welcome, Diane Kayser. Thanks for having me. It's Chi. Is it Chi? That's what I was just wondering if it was. Okay, so it's just Chi. Chi. So tell us a little bit more about the CHI program and what's its mission and what do you focus on? Yeah, CHI, it stands for Cleanse, Heal, Ignite. Cleanse your body, heal your hormones, ignite your life. And CHI also is the life force energy that flows through you, as you may have heard in traditional Chinese medicine. So if you've ever gone to an acupuncturist, which I'm not, but I love the tenets of traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, but if you've gone to an acupuncturist, they'll say, Ooh, your chi is a little stagnant. And you're like, what does that mean? And they may say you have some trapped energy that is inside of your body. And that could be in your liver. And according to TCM, which is one of the most ancient types of medicine around that's still being practiced, but is not as common. It's not the forward type of medicine. They'll say that if you have trapped energy in your liver, then you're an angry person. You need to let that go. And then they'll say that if you have trapped energy in your kidneys and you have issues with your urinary tract, let's just say, then you've got some fear that you've got to deal with there. So I love to approach, and that's the holistic health coach aspect of, of what I do and what we work with in Chi is that we look at what do you feed your mind? What do you feed your body? What do you feed your soul? And what do you feed your heart? Because all of those things, those four quadrants represent who you are or who you think you are which is the collection of all the stories and thoughts and the beliefs and the values that were raised. Um, some of us thinking that we're stuck with our genetics too. You know, you, you, you're never going to get out of this disease because your parents had it and your grandparents had it, or, Oh, I'll never lose weight because my mom was also overweight. But these are all stories that keep us stuck. And those stories stay stuck inside of our organs. So once we're able to release the toxins in those organs, as well as the trauma and those beliefs that are keeping you stuck, then we start to actually see the person heal, which some would call a miracle, but in our world, it's day to day. Mm. Um, so I know that you also focus on nutrition. What mm -hmm. do you wish Americans understood more overall about nutrition? 
Ooh, good question, Chantel. That nutrition is not, it's not the thing that's going to make you healthy. That's a very unconventional and unpopular answer. But you can eat a very healthy diet with a really, I don't know if I'm not allowed to swear on here, but a crappy, or I would say ishy, ishy diet. You can have the worst intentions in the world, um, but, or have good intentions, but be doing it with a very um, limiting belief, self-sabotaging mindset. And you're like, I don't understand. I'm eating these really healthy foods, but nothing is changing. In your case, in your followers, the scale's not budging, or my energy's not shifting, or um, I'm sleeping a little better, but I still hate my life, or I still don't like my life, or I'm still not where I want to be. Um, on the other side, on the flip side, you can have a very positively intentional life and the things that you choose in terms of food, maybe they're poisons, but that person may not gain weight. They may not get sick. And you know, you've, you, we all know that person that eats everything they want and it's the crappiest food, but they still look good. And then I still question, how do they feel? So food could be a weapon. It could be also our greatest ally, but it really depends on the emotions and the mindset that we're carrying when we do it. So the fusion of those two could actually be that when you're feeding, like I said earlier, when you're feeding your body uh, a, a very, and I wouldn't just say positive because I look at things like light, shadow. Um, I don't look at things like bad or good because it's all a judgment of the ego depending on your past. So I would say that if you have this, this authentic, this authentic spirit that you're carrying around and you're like, I'm comfortable with who I am and I'm just going to own right now that I'm just going to eat that piece of cake. I'm just going to own it and enjoy it rather than own, not owning it and beating yourself up about it. The beating up your uh, beating, beating up yourself about that choice can actually be more toxic than the actual food itself. And by no way am I saying, Oh yeah, go eat the cake, you know, enjoy it. It's, it's not going to hurt you. But when we love our body so much that we want to feed it things that we, that we know we're doing out of, place of self-love, then that fusion of eating things because we love our body and actually being resonant with that choice, that's when the magic starts to happen. Mm. Well, now the question I ask all my guests, take me through a normal day in the life of Diane. Like, what did you eat yesterday? What time did you eat? Hmm. Ah, I have this thing every morning. So do a lot of your listeners drink coffee, Chantel? Yes. Do you drink coffee, Chantel? I don't. I <laughs> I used to, and I this is how I am with coffee. I've I'll have coffee and then I wean myself off, and then I'll have some, and then I'll wean myself off. If I do drink coffee, it's one cup a day, but I haven't had it in quite a long time, and I just completely wean myself off. I am I do things so natural. I'm just such a natural path. Like if I have a headache, I don't even take Advil. Yeah, um, and so. Because of that, like I feel the absolute best when I don't have any caffeine at all. Because, yeah. like, even if I had, like, let's say at ten o'clock in the morning, I had one cup of coffee, I'd have trouble sleeping that night. Like, if I had it at eight o'clock in the morning, I wouldn't have trouble sleeping that night. I'm just very everything's very sensitive to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, that's I a, that's a that's that. a. I say that's a light thing, and that's something we're celebrating because that means that you're you're in tune with your body, you're trusting your intuition. And that's one of the biggest things I love imparting upon uh, the women that we work with inside of Chi is, is to learn, to listen 
to the whispers of your body that we know as symptoms, realizing that that's actually self-love coming from the soul, the symptoms that you feel. And it's your body's way of saying, we like this or we don't like this. And, and maybe if it's a symptom like, oh, I got a rash, we might judge that as bad because that's what Western medicine might say is, oh, we got to cover it up with some cream. It's not good to have a rash, but that's actually your body's way of communicating to you, oh, maybe, maybe they're actually maybe pushing out some toxins. Um, so maybe that's actually a thing like let it go. So it, it, it helps to understand, to work with someone who knows how to help you decode these things. And speaking of coffee, it's the thing that everybody does, right? And I've never been someone who follows the herd. I'm always questioning everything. Well, just because everybody's jumping off that bridge, should I also? Um, so I've never really been a follower. And the coffee thing, it's not very popular for me to say this, but it can destroy our, you know, females' hormones. And a lot of science today is predicated on the, the science and the data of mostly males. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, oh, go, this is all bad and terrible, but it's just know where your research comes from uh, to know that the, really when I've looked at women that we've helped, they come in and they drink a lot of coffee and they're destroying their adrenals because of it. So I don't start my morning like that. Uh, I did, I used to, when I was a financial planner for eight years, I was like, I got to get on Wall Street. I got to do all the things. I got to be, I got to, I got 10 times more things to do than my physical body will allow. And that, that wasn't working for me. Super dehydrated. Um, when your body's dehydrated, you gain more weight, you crave things you don't want, you get injured. Um, your hormones are not responding the way that you want them to. And um, you get super acidic and so your body craves things that are alkaline, even though, you know, we don't know what that looks like. So I drink what's called a metabolic mocha. That's a recipe that I actually created to get myself off of coffee. And now it's one of the things that so many women are craving themselves uh, because it gives them this all day energy kickoff. Mm -hmm. And how you start your morning is really how you end the day too. And then how you end your day sets the tone for how you start the next morning too. So I'm always thinking ritualistically and intentionally when I'm doing this, what is the point behind it? And Chantel, I'll just tell you flat out last night, I was eating some vegan marshmallows. I was numbing <laughs> out. I was like, Oh my God, my day today. Oh, I had some vegan marshmallows and I said, you know what? My inner six year old, she wants some vegan marshmallows. I'm going to give her some vegan marshmallows right now. <laughs> so are you vegan? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I have an inner six-year-old, an inner eight-year-old, an inner 13-year-old, and sometimes they're throwing a fit, and I will let them to calm down, but I'll give them the healthier version of the thing, because I'm not denying that like food should be enjoyed, right? So I'll just, in moderation, let them have the healthy thing, but there are a few things I just stay away from. I stay away from you know, pasteurized dairy, the, the, the kind of dairy that makes our body pretty sick and responds and reacts. I'll eat what raw kind of unpasteurized dairy. dairy. So yeah. tell, tell me about what kind of dairy you do have. Yeah, like raw, unpasteurized dairy, um, dairy from non-America because the cows here are generally not fed and, and treated very well. I want to make sure that the cow, any food that I, that I consume, um, primarily dairy, I want to make sure the cows are taken care of. So I'll look at the label. I'll see how they're, what the label says in terms of the values and the principles. It's tough today to find food that 100% across the board is like treated well, is 100% organic, is super clean, non-GMO. It's like impossible. So I just do it within reason because for a few years I tried to be militant about it. And I was like, this is exhausting and annoying <laughs> and I'm losing my mind. So I just went, I'm going to do my best. And as a nutritionist, I teach this too. Um, I just, soy sauce, no way. My body hates it. And I know that. So I just don't, don't give it to it. 
Um, I don't do gluten because I also run labs and help women on this all around the world because we ship them labs. And it's like, oh, wow, look, you are incredibly reactive to gluten. And it's not a celiac thing. Uh, I also know that gluten is sprayed with lots of glyphosate and Agent Orange. So I stay away from that. My body just does not like it. Uh, and like you, I'm sensitive. So if I eat something, my body goes, we don't like this. And it's either within a minute or two, three days. It could be like a little acne, you know, right here. And my body's like, no, we didn't like that three days later. And it's like, well, what did I eat three days ago? So every day is different. And I'm like you. So yesterday I had a big salad. Um, I had my metabolic mocha. Um, I had some bone broth. Uh, I had some carnitas from this company that I sh have shipped here who pre-makes a lot of food. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on the week. You know, I'm in flow a lot. So some people who like structure maybe like to hear uh, a more solid answer. And, but that is kind of my structure. I make big salads on Sunday. I have food delivered so that fry every night I have one of those and it's um, organic and it's sustainably raised and the packaging is non-plastic and it's awesome. Um, and Pete's Paleo is a great company for that. And then also my metabolic mocha in the morning. So you can be a creature of habit, uh, but just doing it in a way that you're like, you know what, I'm going to give myself a hall pass. I'm going to have some vegan marshmallows here and there. It's just fine. And you do it with fun. So where are you getting this, um, your dairy from? Like, do you have a certain brand that you buy or where do you buy it from? I just go to Sprouts, like the local stores that, and I do, I've done grocery store tours for clients before. So I'll go to Sprouts and I'll say like, hey, um, I'll ask, uh, because there's lots of cheeses there. So I'll say, do you guys have a, an area for for non-pasteurized raw dairy? And you're going to see like the label will say, oh, this could cause da da da. And there's all kinds of crazy warnings on there. But the true warning is buying cheese that has been pasteurized, uh, homogenized. Uh, a lot of these cows have been fed lots of hormones, lots of antibiotics. They've been fed GMOs, plastic straws, newspaper, bubblegum wrappers. Um, these cows are just not treated well. So if we're eating the same stress that the cows ate, then we eat the same stress. So I would rather it be raw because it hasn't been separated apart. Our body knows what to do with that because it's straight from mother nature and non-adultered. Uh, and there's probably maybe two brands and I, I don't even follow brands. It's hard to anymore. But if it says raw, unpasteurized from a dairy from let's say um, New Zealand, and I read the label and it's pretty healthy, then I'll get it. It's just very rare. I don't, I don't really go for cheese, but sometimes it just sounds good to me. And I might need some calcium depending on the time of the cycle I'm in too. Right. Um, it's funny because I went out to eat with a friend of mine and I was like modifying my, my salad. And I was like, not, none of this, none of this, extra this. And she looked at me and she said, you know, you are an orchid, not a dandelion dandelion. And I was like, what? She's like, have you ever heard of this book? It's called the orchid and the dandelion. And it says why sensitive people struggle. And it's talking about children and how some people are like a, an orchid and they are, they don't thrive in like any kind of climate. Like if you think mm -hmm. about a dandelion, it's a very resilient flower and they can like grow in the cracks of concrete and thrive in almost any climate. And, but yet an orchid is very sensitive. Like if it's too cold or whatever. And so she was just funny because the book that is the orchid and the dandelion is all about kids and how some kids are orchids and some are dandelions. And it was just so cool that she said, when it comes to food, 
you are an orchid, you're not a dandelion. And I thought, man, that is such a good example. Cause it's mm-hmm. true. I, there are people that some people look, they're a dandelion. They can eat whatever they want. Some people are orchids. It's they're very sensitive to all of these different things. What would you say? Are you an orchid or a dandelion? I'm, I'm pretty sensitive mm-hmm. and um, I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Um, and I think that there would be a bit of a hybrid. There's a bit of hybriding, hybridizing for each person, because if I move into a different place, you know, this is why, this is also another thing we talk about in our program is that is uh, the concept of Ayurveda. So if you move to a different area or you're visiting a different area and you're there and the seasons are completely different there, the weather's completely different there, your body's going to crave something else too. So if you're in flow and if you're listening to your body, I think that we're all dandelions. Wait, Dandelions are the ones that are sensitive in the body. No, no, orchids. Wait. Like if you think about an orchid and orchid, orchid. like okay. the ones behind me. <laughs> yeah, orchids. Yeah. Then I then I'm more of an orchid. My body um, is more sensitive, and I think that most of us are that way. It's just, are we listening? Mm. Are we listening? Is the question. That's a good point. Now, in your program, you talk about your TITS, your TITS method, and how it helps with breast implant illness. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's a funny shift, huh? We're going to go straight from the flowers. Look at the little flowers. <laughs> the yeah. blossoms. Well, it was funny because I was looking at your orchids. I guess that's what made me think of that. I know. Lion. I like the transition, Chantel. That was sweet. Because <laughs> uh, we, we talk about these things as blossoms. And, the, and it's true. Um, you know, I, the, the TITS method, and, you know, dare I say the word tits, because it's, it's supposed to be kind of cheeky and cute because it actually spells something. Mm-hmm. Um, it spells toxicity, infection, trauma, and shame, which these are the things that for so many women, and there are now millions of women, Chantel, 4%. It said that numbers are as high as 10%, um, but we know for sure that 4% of the women currently have breast implants. And um, I'm not saying this with judgment uh, and, and shame because I had that, I know what that feels like. And the reason that I got breast implants 10 years ago was because I was ashamed of myself and I, I wanted my body to look like the magazines and we're all blindly culturally led into this stigma that says you have to have breast, you know, large breasts like Marilyn Monroe. And then it was Pamela Anderson and, you know, Jessica Rabbit and all of these, these fictitious or non-fictitious, but wearing fictitious boobs. Um, we have to look this way in order to attain power. And that is an agenda of the ego. So I know um, that you had Sarah on in a previous, another episode or wherever that's, you know, wherever you guys position this and Sarah's my partner. She talks about the, the toxicity and the infections that so many women today who have breast implants are unknowingly exposed to, you know, breast implants have 30 plus toxins in them. And I'll refer to that other episode because I'm sure Sarah has talked about that. And a big one, of course, we say that silicone is just like the body and it's, it's like DNA replicated similar to ours, so we shouldn't reject it. But the body actually does, and there's a silicone um, outside of the implant, our body actually forms a shell to protect us from and keep us distant from this implant because the immune system goes, I don't know what this is. This is non-self, just like it would do with gluten, just like it would do with genetically modified organisms, as the science shows, just like it would do with heavy metals, things that are not our body, our immune system goes, hey, security guard, attack, or like body, you know, dog, attack. And it's the immune system's job 
to clear that pain from the body because it's a foreign invader and it can hurt us. So what happens with women with breast implants and every woman is that the, the body forms a shell around it. So that's how we know that everybody reacts to implants. Now, how it looks to every woman down the road on how sick she gets and what we see is a lot of autoimmune disease, lots of allergies, lots of bloating, lots of depression, lots of suicide, um, lots of hair loss, lots of skin rashes, disruptions, um, brain fog, irritability, uh, super chronic fatigue, inability to sleep, miscarriages, um, uh, what else? Um, yeah, really having a difficult time breathing, pains across the chest, uh, sharp pains, what feels like heart palpitations or heart attacks, many heart attacks, uh, not knowing what it's all about. And, and this goes to with your audience, it, it difficult, real difficulty losing weight because it causes a lot of inflammation around the body. My body, I was at 152 pounds the day before my surgery, May 31st of this year. And here it is now September 26th. Um, I'm a little bit more puffy than usual because I actually ruptured my Achilles tendon two months after I had my breast implants removed. And that's a big part of this whole thing because doing excessive antibiotics and painkillers um, is known to actually aggravate tendons. So my, my tendons got weak and it snapped. Uh, so, so I'm gonna back up a little bit. When I had my surgery, I was 152. Uh, about six weeks after my surgery, I was 138. So I had lost almost 15 pounds in this whole process. The breasts came out, the, I had 1.2 pound 500cc breast implants for 10 years took those out. Of course, I was 2.5 pounds, but all of the inflammation that dropped was the rest of it. And part of what we're doing in our program is helping women cleanse their body, healing the hormones, healing the gut so they can ignite their life and reconnect to the soul gold they came here to express and the work they came here to serve in the world. So when we're, when we're super busy, like I was, um, trying to look a certain way, we're not thinking about being in service to others. We're thinking from our ego's perspective of who's looking at me and how can I impress them and how can I gain their attention? And what I realized through this whole process and this, through this whole journey is I am not these implants. And when women come to our program, we've got lots of different celebrities, women who are models, women who are leaders, who have also fallen to the, the victim story that we need to look a certain way to be seen as powerful. And so working really deeply in the heart and understanding what we really came here to do and connect to our hearts and to each other and to mother earth, we can strip the ego away and learn that we don't matter from, from this body. We, we matter from this heart and how we're serving others, but starting with ourselves. Mm. Love that. <clears throat> well, let's jump right into the listener questions. And the first two I'm going to read together because they're very similar. Um, this one says, I do have breast implants and I've read some articles about some of my symptoms, which I have all of them, but these same symptoms also match thyroid and autoimmune. How yep. do I know if the, it's autoimmune thyroid or it's an implant issue? And the second one is from Jessica and Charlotte. How long would it take me to start having symptoms if I did have breast implant illness? I've had my implants for about five years and was completely fine. Just in the last couple months, something has changed. I'm fatigued all the time. I have a lot of joint inflammation and unexplained headaches. How do I know if I have breast implant illness? Jessica it's, and Charlotte. Okay, so Charlotte was the first one, right? The first one was Juniper in Roswell, New Mexico. Juniper, her name's Juniper? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, another flower. Is that a flower? Juniper berry? I think so. <laughs> Juniper. Like, is that a berry? I think it's a berry, <laughs> but it comes out of flower. <laughs> it's a flower day. Um, 
Okay. Hi, Juniper. So her question is, is that she's got a lot of symptoms that mask or that, that match autoimmune. Like how do we know if it's thyroid? How do we know if it's something else? And that's, a, that is the number one question, right? Like how do I know that it's my breast implants and what if it's not, and I take them out and I don't get better. So the first thing I would say to that is that, um, when we see women take these things out, 80% of their symptoms go away. Now, I have to be honest with all of you because there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of words and myths and things that are being passed around is that that's all you have to do is take your breast implants out and everything gets better. But I totally disagree. And here's why. So when, when we do this, remove the breast implant thing and you start to see pictures of women before and after and their faces looking completely different, there's three different kinds of antibiotics that are typically used during that, that procedure. And it's a lot of them. So antibiotics, as we all know, we feel great on them for 10 days, most of the time. You know, my, we might have some side effects like diarrhea and stuff like that, but for the most part, it gets rid of the bug that's causing the symptoms, right? But then after 10 days, now we've got to deal with a gut that's imbalanced. And we've got to you know, go back in there and add healthy flora and everything. So what we're seeing is that a lot of women feel better for a few weeks until they don't. And the reason why they don't is because we're talking like there's a, if you guys join my Facebook group, the one we have with Sarah, it's called Reversing Breast Implant Illness with Sarah and Diane. We talk about a lot of myths in there. There's a lot of memes that I've, I'm known to make. And you can see this on my Instagram account too, Diane Kayser, is that I wrote, no, it's not just your breast implants. It's also... And I list 10 things and that's just the top 10, you know, it's the diet. Like we talked about earlier, what are you feeding your body? We still see a lot of women who come into our practice and they're still drinking a lot of diet Coke. Um, they're still drinking lots of alcohol. Sorry, ladies, but one glass, maybe a week is healthy, but one a night is not two a night is certainly not. Uh, we will also have to ask a question of what alcohol, what we're doing with it. Most of the time it's a numbing device. You know, we're, we're doing it to disassociate from the root of the problem. We're never angry or upset about what we think we're upset about. What we're doing with sugar and alcohol and people and, and things, maybe even sex or children even, we're disassociating and numbing out what we're really upset about, which is down here and the anger and the guilt and the shame and the things that we have never addressed since a little kid. A lot of trauma that we're still carrying that burden and it's expressing itself and feeling like we need to adjust our bodies, and alter our, our minds and gain more wisdom and knowledge, but really it it's matters to the heart. So what I find is that the breast implants are right over the heart. And um, a lot of us, and the number one cause for breast cancer is depression. Depression about what? What are we depressed about? So that's why I talk about trauma and shame a lot. So really the root of autoimmune disease is that there's some kind of internal self-attack happening. You could be attacking yourself because you don't like yourself from a conversation that you had with your parents when you were eight. That could be one of it. You could also be really ashamed of yourself for not being enough to save your parents when they had a divorce when they were nine. There's all kinds of different reasons why we'd, we would internally self-attack. It could be toxicity. It could be trauma. It could be thoughts. It could be a personal care product that you're using. So we have to go in and ask the questions of all of the things that could be contaminating your aura and your physical temple. And it's not just the breast implants. However, your breast implants are living inside of you 24-7 a sunscreen that might not be super healthy for you is not a food that you eat that like flows out of your body is not. So we have to ask all of those questions. But what I do find is that for every single woman who removes her breast implants, she feels better afterwards. 
And then the ones who are not getting better, it's because they're not addressing all the other things. How are you feeding your mind? How are you feeding your body? How are you feeding your heart? How are you feeding your soul? So then when we work with them, we clean all that stuff up and they're like, oh, now I feel even a lot better. So it's, it's the, the definition of autoimmune disease is a foreign object in your body that your immune system attacks. And that is the very definition of what breast implants are inside of the body. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, but as you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women and every time I've watched a thin eater eat, I realize that maintaining a healthy weight is a skill that can be taught and mastered over time. That's why I created a video course that will teach you all the tips that I learned to help me lose over 30 pounds. It's way more powerful to watch the thin eaters than even to listen or to read it. Go to ChantalRayWay.com video for a free glimpse. If you're wanting to take yourself to the next level, everyone needs a coach. Every professional player has a coach. We want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Go to ChantalRayWay.com slash coaching. I just had someone listen to the audiobook three times and she just emailed me and she said by her listening to the audiobook three times, that's what did it. That's what allowed her to really lose the weight. We have an amazing offer for you. It's the second edition of my book, which has tons more information. It has the audiobook, the ebook. It normally runs for $29.99. You can get it today for $4.99. Go to ChantelRayway.com slash deal to get it. Now back to the show. All right. This next question comes from Lydia in Nashville. I'm tired of being an A cup and I'm definitely getting breast implants, but I want to make sure I'm getting the safest ones. Which do you recommend? I thought this would be a funny question. For that you. is a funny question. It's like a trick question, right? <laughs> because she's like basically saying I'm getting them. <laughs> well, I don't have an answer for you. I, I, I don't, I see so many women sick from breast implants that I, if it's what you want to do, um, there really isn't a safe breast implant. That would be like a woman saying, Hey, what kind of birth control do you recommend? And I'd say the rhythm method or family, you know, awareness method. Um, there really isn't a safe breast implant. If you want to put something inside of you, that's never been tested and, and studied and approved over a 10 year time period, that's up to you. But I would urge you to go in our Facebook group and see the conversations in there. Mm. I understand you're an A cup. Um, and what I would say to you is this, there is the possibility of doing what's called a fat transfer. So I would say if you're going to do breast implants, I don't have an answer for you because um, I have seen so many women damaged from them and we're recovering women. And there is no, there is no currently known timeframe on how long it takes to clear silicone from the body. For all we know, it stays in us forever because every one of these implants bleeds and all of them eventually rupture after you know 20 years. Uh, some of them will um, slowly, slowly have a leak in them, but they all bleed, which means that the stuff I've seen come out of my body and many other women's body, you know, last thing you want to do is look in the toilet and go, what is that long stringy thing that looks like silicone? What is this? Um, so they're not safe. They've never been tested and approved for that. In fact, there's a 2018 study that came out last year, 100,000 women were uh, researching this over the time, year, time period of 10 years. And you can see all the data on my website. There's, you can put this in the show notes, Chantel. It's a 33 reasons not to get breast implants your doctor oh. didn't warn you about. 
And this is the data that I compiled. It took me a year to write this article because it was from all these different studies. I really went deep in the science and the data and the research that was out there or not. And I said, what, what, let's look behind the curtain. And so I put all of those statistics out there. So if you read that article and you still want them, I would ask you to question yourself, what do breast implants mean to you? And who are you trying to impress? What are you trying to gain now that you don't have or that you don't perceive that you have? And then go through all those questions. Um, but it sounds like you already decided. So I'm, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm trying well, to open it. Let's do this. Yeah. Tell her, you know, you just said you have those 33 reasons not to. Give right. her three. Give her the top three where you sure. say, here's my three reasons why I would just recommend that you don't. Or yeah. also give her some tips of what can she do that, you know, some different like bras or anything that will oh, yeah. feel more comfortable. Sure, sure. Um, so the, the, the top three reasons would be, and I don't know if you're, every person's different. If you're going to be, if you're aspiring to be a mom, we see tons of mothers in our practice who have fed their babies or are currently feeding their babies or are going to stop now who've had breast implants. And these are the sickest babies that we've seen. And we're doing lab tests on them. These babies are extremely sick. Um, there are lots of skin issues, lots of gut issues, lots of um, acting out issues, rage so that's, if you're going to be a mom, this is one where I would say you're going to dump your toxins into the baby. Um, every baby now is born with 250 plus chemicals inside of them. And there's a reason why autism and allergies and um, autoimmune conditions in, in small children are on the rise. And that's because, you know, we're either the, the, the wastebasket or the warrior for our children. And unfortunately now we're the wastebasket un, un, unbeknownst to us. We're not taught this stuff, right? So before anybody gets pregnant, I say, please cleanse with us for three months, maybe even a year, because it takes a long time to clear these things out of the body. So I don't know if you're aspiring to be a mom. Maybe you are. Maybe my intuition's on with this. But I would say, uh, consider your baby. Because even if you had them for 10 years and took them out and had a baby and then breast implant and then still breastfed them, you still have who knows how many years of silicone in your body, right? So that's one. I would say um, the other one would be, is that autoimmune disease, it, autoimmune disease increases up to 800% in women with breast implants we found with rheumatoid arthritis being a very common one, Hashimoto's being another common one, uh, Sodren syndrome being another one. I couldn't even type anymore because my fingers and my, my hands, uh, my fingers and my feet were so cold and it was annoying. I, I'd type for like five minutes and then I had to pull away again. So it takes you away from what you really wanna do with your life. It starts to crumble and deteriorate your body which to the point of we now know that women who have breast implants, our body attacks our own collagen. So what do we know about collagen is that women are spending thousands of dollars. I just did PRP yesterday. You know, that's why my face is a little bit swollen and my eyes are a little bit black because I did PRP and that's plasma rich platelets, which, you know, you have blood taken from your, your arm and, and then they put it up in your face to boost collagen again, because I lost so much collagen in this process. I aged and like, it was like a one year time period, Chantelle. I looked like I aged like 10 years when I had breast implants. And I was like, what's going on? I'm not that old yet, you know? So I'm spending several thousands. That was a $3,000 year long thing I bought to put collagen back in my face because I lost so much of it. So I would say that it's not anti-aging to get breast implants. So um, that's one thing to consider as well. The third one is that they're very expensive. And many of us don't know this. So it's like 10,000 to get them. And this is also in my 33 reasons article because I was a financial planner for eight years. So I also calculated this. 
it takes $10,000 to put them in or however much your doctor, you know, charges. Then you, then you're supposed to get MRIs of your breasts every three years to make sure that they're intact. So let's take that. And, and a lot of women's aren't, they move around, they have complications. They have to get them redone. Um, in fact, I, I can't remember the percentage. I think it's like a third of women have to get them redone in the first three to four years because they have complications, right? So now you're talking another 10 grand. But the MRIs, if you didn't have to have them redone, I didn't have to have them redone. MRIs every three years, which I did not do, but we're supposed to for our health to make sure that they're intact and not causing problems. So that's another 10 grand because it's $3,000 to do an MRI. So 3,000 times you know, three over 10 year time period, let's say nine years, that's $10,000. Then you're supposed to get them redone every 10 years. So now we're talking $20,000 every 10 years if you're doing it the right and the healthy way. But when you get breast implants, there's a 55% reduced uh, ability to see if you have breast cancer. So that's another stat, but I'm on three. Now that's three. So, they're, so number one, they cause autoimmune disease and all kinds of problems. Number two, and you know, sojourns and they take away from your ability to live. Um, number two is, that, is the collagen thing and, and aging quickly. And number three is the cost, the, the cost expense. The solution to all of that, there is something what's called fat transfer now. And they're doing PRP to the breasts. So I would say the technology is there that you don't have to inject foreign invaders into your body. You can do what I did, which is called fat transfer. And my, my breasts, my friends are like, hey, you look like you have 21 year old boobs again. And I'm like, yes. So they took fat from my inner thighs, my back and my belly, which I was only like 18% body fat when I had it done. Uh, and they moved them up to my boobs. So I got like an extra cup size. Perfect. It's safer. Yeah. And go, go talk to your doctor about that. Work with a good solid fat transfer doctor who knows what they're doing there and can actually reconstruct you. And there's so many women who are really happy with this, really happy with this. And it's healthy. It's your own tissue. That's win-win. I love it. Yeah. Well, where can listeners go to follow you and your work? Yeah. Well, I think I already talked about a couple of them. Um, so you can type Diane Kayser and I'm sure you'll have my name in the, in the show notes and you can find me on Instagram and YouTube and all the places. I'm the only Diane Kayser in the world. So you guys can find me pretty easily. And when you get onto the website, if you are a woman who had the questions about toxicity or do I have, am I suffering from breast implant illness? What are my options? What can I do? Um, we actually created a masterclass. It's really amazing. The top five things that every woman needs to know who thinks they might have breast implant illness, or maybe are like, you know what? Maybe I want implants. I get it. I love boobs too, but maybe you watch that masterclass and it may change your mind. Um, but there are women who we work with who don't have breast implants who have the exact same symptoms. So it's really hard to say, like you said, so you could watch either of those masterclasses there and it's, it's huge. It'll open your guys' eyes. That, that's about 10 years of my work that I put into like a 45 minute little video that you can join me for. So that's one that you could watch and just blow your mind. It'll, it'll hopefully change your mind about the way you think about your body symptoms and your health because your body's always there to protect you and symptoms are there for a reason to communicate with you. So it's time we stop numbing them and suppressing them and thinking that your body's trying to kill you or it hates you. It loves you. And so I'm here to help you love your body in a way that maybe you didn't before and see it a different way. And uh, that's, that's easy. Diancaser.com. You'll find me everywhere from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chantel. And Thanks for the questions. Have, yes. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.